Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. I do a lot of speaking at conferences, trade shows, events, fundraisers. And my interest in Dub is to provide a interactive, fun way for me to follow up and stay in touch with people. And so I've been speaking about, gosh, 15 years now. And it's anything and everything from doctors at MD Anderson Cancer Center, um, bankers. I was in Europe last summer working with the European Cardiology Society. Um, I'm going to be teaching 200 plus law students in August at their orientation. And the core thing is, particularly now with technology, is we're very connected, but we don't have relationships. We have messages, we have apps, we have, you know, this and that. But it's interesting, people still have a hard time with having a core conversation and connecting with people. And um, so that's how you find your angel investors. That's how you find your doctor. That's how you find, you know, your apartment in all kinds of different ways, both professionally and personally. So that is what I've been doing. My books are in nine languages, which is amazing because I only speak English particularly well. Um, I did live in Asia growing up a bit as a kid. So I have a lot of connections around the world. So I'm looking forward to finding a way to stay in touch with people that's frankly less boring. Very cool, yeah. So just to give you guys um, a little bit of context, um, Dub is a video communication platform. You know, our early days as a platform was really a one-to-one video platform, and now we've kind of um, transcended into a one-to-many platform. So Dub gives you the ability to record videos, to share videos, distribute those on multiple channels, including social and email, um, and then to track, you know, get data, understand who's watching your video, what percentage of your video that they're watching, um, and then get some kind of fancy analytics, charts, integrations into CRM. There's a Dub Chrome extension, a mobile app, a website, dub.com. So, yeah, a little bit of context there. But um, very cool to hear about your speaking experience. That's very exciting. It sounds like it's pretty diverse with um, students and professionals, finance, legal. So it sounds like you're kind of a little bit broad. But, you know, your core um, essence or your core kind of story really, is it, is it about communication, would you say? Or... It's about communication. My books are about networking. I think one of the core, and, and, and everybody says go network, but I was actually at a fundraising event last night and there was a woman who was um, a nonprofit executive director looking to raise some money and she gave this little talk and then she sat down and had a glass of wine and I said to the person sitting next to me, she's trying to raise money. Why isn't she walking around the room? And I, I, I was really surprised when I worked with these cardiologists in Europe, there was a gentleman all by himself. And I said to the doctor sitting next to me, invite him into our conversation. And this is a cardiologist, a heart surgeon. He goes into someone's heart and cuts it apart. And he said, you show me how, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can teach you how to go to say hi to somebody. You cannot teach me how to break into someone's heart. So it, we, we, but we long to have a heart to heart conversation. It was kind of an interesting moment. So I really help people feel very confident about it. I break it down. I have a lot of fun with handshake therapy where you discuss the bad handshakes and what a good handshake is about. Um, Wall Street Journal interviewed me on how to get out of conversations. I have some 
fun little tips on that. So um, yeah, it's, so I like to break it down to make it very accessible for people and teach them how to do it. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I've definitely kind of struggled with is you know, finding an effective way to network at conferences, at shows, at events, um, to, to really, I think a couple of things, there's a couple of specific challenges that I've personally been faced with. Number one is really feeling present and wanting to, you know, get out there, uh, figure out a way to grow the business, um, you know, have that kind of sales sort of marketing mentality of, well, I need to justify the reason why I'm here and what the expenses are. But then on the flip side, you know, realize that, you know, it's not always about that. And, you know, I, I just want to network and I want to talk and I want to be silly sometimes and just have a good time. And I, I kind of, I'm always seeking a way to just bring those worlds together. And I feel like very recently within the last year, I've kind of figured out a way to, to, to do that. But I'm still constantly working on that because, you know, when you're in sales and marketing and you're trying to grow a business, I mean, you have to figure out, um, you know, how you can network with as many people as possible. I mean, I'm, I'm actually holding a bunch of business cards right here. These are all the people that we met at the conference. So yeah. you know, as a business person, we had to think, well, who are our prospects? But then, you know, that's not really the right thing I know from a networking and kind of, you know, personal perspective on just well, making friendships. You're being hard on yourself. I would say that. So to me, you know, effective networking is finding mutually beneficial relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage you, you know, if I was coaching you, I would say, go into that room thinking, who here can I help? Who needs my service? Because people need your service. Yes, you're selling, but they're looking for a pro they're, You know, I've been looking for a while to find a way that I can communicate, frankly, in this something other than just a flat text way or an email way. And so um, I've tried different tools. I'm a little bit, you know, sometimes I'm a little bit of an early adopter. Sometimes I get a little, a little too early because it's not quite ready or I'm not quite ready. Um, so part of it is I would really, I really encourage people to think when you're walking into a room. Um, so I test as an introvert. I'm actually an ambivert, which means I can be extrovert when I need to. But most of the time I function as an introvert. I like to be quiet. I like to get my own stuff done. I prefer that sort of a mindset. Being with people exhausts me. Last night at this networking event, I stayed about a half an hour too long, um, but I, it was okay. But I could feel my energy, my tank getting low. So what I do is I say to people, walk in and think about what you can give. But you had that fist of business cards. So one thing I do is I tell people, here's the system how to do your business cards. You know, you, you, there's a variety of ways you can do it. Some people choose scanning. Some people choose keying them in. But then I have a spreadsheet for everybody who I met at that event. I have a field in my database, which is the date I meet them. I have a name of the event. So when someone says, gee, where did I meet you? I would say, gee, well, I met you on June 14th at this you know, Digitom conference. And they're like, you have an amazing memory. I have a system. I do have a memory, but it's getting old. I got a lot in it, so, but I have a system. And so I would encourage you then to create a video after that event, send it to everybody who all those cards are and say, hey, it was great. I don't say meet you, I say nice to see you because people feel more friendly when they say nice to see you. Because if you've met them before, like I've met you, buddy, don't you remember me? Right. Particularly if you're the speaker, because I found when I'm the speaker, there's a word called parasocial. I have a parasocial relationship with Oprah. 
she's never met me, but I feel like if I saw her, I would be like, oh, hey, how are you? And so people have a parasocial relationship with you, Ruben, once they've seen you on stage. They have a what relationship? It's called parasocial, P-A-R-A, social. Okay. And so they feel a friendliness to you that you don't necessarily, you're not trying to be un, un, unfriendly to them, but you don't have the same connection to them as they do to you because they've seen you speak. They've heard your story. They know about your kids or some fun thing that you added into your talk. Got it. So I would encourage you then to take all of those cards, tag them or put them into a spreadsheet. I don't know what CRM you use. We use um, we Use what? We use HubSpot CRM. Yep, yep. They're based here in Boston. Um, and so you have them in a category, and then everybody there is going to have multiple tags. So the one tag would be, you know, that date and the fact, the name of the conference. And then another tag would be attendee. And then in Chicago, when you speak in a few days, you're going to have, use that same attendee tag, but you're going to have a different date and a different name of a conference. So at the end of the week, you could send a happy Friday to everybody who has seen you this week saying, hey, it's nice to see you this week. Here's a couple of things I learned being on the road. Mm. Cool. So what is, what is your practice after you go to a conference? What, what, do you, what do you do? I do exactly this. And so I send an email out with the slides. And I say to everybody in the room, I'm happy to send you the slides. I don't think of my slides as proprietary anymore. I can't even say that word because people pull up their phone and they take pictures of them anymore. So the oh. fact that your slides are any grand secret is I think gone. So yeah. I say, I'll send you the slides. And then it gives me permission to follow up with them. It's yeah. not with a brochure. It's not with an offer. It's not with a sales pitch at all. It's with information that I gave them at the time that helps them succeed. But what I like to do is continue to have an automation. I have a little bit of an automation, but not so great now. It's really too manual, where a week later, I send them a note saying, have you talked to two people? You know, Because one of the exercises I ask them to do is to map out their network and identify two people from the past that they've been thinking about or came to mind during my talk that they would like to say thank you to. And I say, have you written your thank you email saying thank you for giving, telling me to go to law school. Thank you for, you know, being a reference for me when I went to medical school, or thank you for introducing me to my tennis partner, or thank you for introducing me to my investor for, you know, my business. Um, and so then I say, I, you know, those are the done. And then I'd like to say a month later, remember, I encourage you to take a look at your LinkedIn. Have you updated your picture? Have you updated your summary? Have you added your email at the top of your LinkedIn profile so people can easily find you? Mm. Got it. So, and then I like to do then, so my idea then is to drip it to 90, 90, 90. And then so a year after I talk, they would get a little fun, happy anniversary. Can you believe it's been a year since we saw each other when I spoke at Gillette Stadium at XYZ Business Conference? Um, and you know, I, I would like to have in there and Hey, if you know somebody who's looking for a speaker, you know, I hope you remember me. Got it. So, so you automate multiple videos that get sent out or what is your practice or do you actually just schedule a time or have a reminder and then it's just right now it's all manual and it's, that's why I'm excited about learning about more automation with you guys right now. 
it is just all manual. And I do use my CR, CRM tool is Zoho, Z-O-H-O. Sure, yeah. Um, and so I use them. I use their campaigns. I use their whole, I use them for my financials. It's a whole suite that I use. Yeah, I just, I we, just, have, we have an integration with them. So yeah, that's cool. We know them. Okay, I didn't, I didn't see that on the integration platform because I'd like to do that. Okay, cool. Yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah. yeah. So, this, so this is great. Um, so I, I love this. I love what you're currently doing. And what I kind of take away from it is a really great, you know, use case and how people can leverage video um, after meeting a person or after speaking at an event. I mean, obviously not everyone is a keynote speaker, so not everyone has that opportunity. But the point is that you met someone or you met a group of people. So my, my takeaways here are that, um, you know, I'd love to at some point give you some sort of a um, demonstration or at least kind of a, a verbal um, vision of how to use dub to do exactly this because all that you would really need to do is to have a couple of videos that you can create um, either at the conference or just as you go and then just to automate through the dub workflows um, uh, an email se sequence which is really just three to four um, you know, video emails that get sent out um, to everyone on that list. Yeah. So, um, that's, a, that's a great use case. I'm really excited about that. I mean, my background is actually in marketing automation. So, I mean, I've gotten tons of certifications and I was always excited about the ability to kind of automate marketing with levels of personalization. So it was No, that's great. And, and I would like to do the same thing. Another use case for me would be LinkedIn. So you and I connected on LinkedIn Right. I'd, I'd like to have a automation that would go out saying, great, we connected. How about we have a conversation? I have thousands of people in my LinkedIn, but when was the last time I had a conversation with them? So I would like to then have it be, you know, hey, we scheduled a call. Or I, I do have this, what I did with um, LinkedIn, I think when you export it now, they've changed the policy, but for a while I exported it once a quarter. One, just I wanted to be able to have it. But so when I exported it, I had, it had the date you connected. So I've been sending out people through Zoho. I have a template. It's a mail merge saying happy anniversary. So I've been saying, can you believe it's our LinkedIn anniversary? Have we had a conversation in the last year? Oh, interesting. Okay, got it. Now, uh, would that be fun if it was a video instead of a, uh, you know, a text? Well, that makes total sense. Now, I guess, um, so when you say an automated message, do you mean to actually send that through LinkedIn or send that through a third party email uh, provider like a Zoho or like a Dub in this case? A Zoho or a Dub. Yeah. I don't, think, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think LinkedIn's going to let you do that for now. Yeah. You know, there's some, there's some, that's a whole, that's a whole dark murky world of, of automation within LinkedIn, which we kind of, you know, stay away from. But um, no, I mean, this is, this is also very possible because what you can do right now with Dub is that you can take a contact list. Okay. So let's say that you export all of your LinkedIn contacts, right? All that you would need to do is add a column in there that has the tag LinkedIn and that's your, your import source. And then you could import those into Dub and then you can have all those marked as again, LinkedIn. And then the, the requirement here, though, would be, I think where this wouldn't necessarily happen right now is that you would need a pretty custom field for, um, in this case, the anniversary. Yeah. So would be, you know, a date. Um, so that, that's kind of interesting, like a date-based. We, we don't have that functionality right now where you can, and I've seen very few automation systems where you can 
have a date within a spreadsheet trigger an automated campaign. That's extremely nuanced. I like the way you're thinking. I just haven't seen that before. Well, Zoho Campaigns has that. MailChimp yeah. has it. So I would think, you know, you could you could drip it out from a date. Okay, um, so, so then that's just a date as a field in a in a in a in a CSV file. It's just yeah, say? yeah. And that's then that triggers it. So that's a really cool idea. I mean, we're actually compatible with Zoho and Mailchimp. So um, I mean, they they have been developing email sending capabilities for probably a decade now. And I mean, I, I think they're great tools. I mean, that's why we decided to create, you know, compatibility and integrations with them. So, yeah. um, you know, that's functionality that we don't have. I mean, we should add that to the product roadmap, but I don't know if we're going to be able to do it as good as them because, you know, we kind of, we're just really focused on, you know, the video space. But that said, um, we're hundred percent compatible. So, you know, what I think you could do is I'll, I'll sort of describe how you would do that in both use cases. So in MailChimp, what you would do is that you would create a template. Um, and then within that template, you would go to dub, copy and paste um, the source code of a video. And that's just on the video info page on the little blue button. There's a multiple drop down, and then you just click the down arrow on that button. And then that's one of those options is um, copy HTML source. So all you have to do is to go into MailChimp, go to your source code, click on the HTML, and then everything for that video is going to populate right there within that email. It just takes a couple of seconds. It's actually yeah. what you do. Um, and then you can also just copy, copy, click the main blue button, and then just copy, um, copy and paste the HTML right there. So yeah. you've got some easy options. And then once you create that template, then I think that you would import, you would have a contact list based on LinkedIn. And then make sure that that anniversary date is there. Import into Mailchimp, and then select your outbound trigger date to just be for each individual cell, and that's going to work very well for you. No, and just for clarification, this is not something you want to do. You do not want to export your LinkedIn and put them into Mailchimp. It's kind of not good practice. Why is that? Let's talk about that. Well, I, it may actually be a, a, a contradiction of their terms and conditions. Um, so okay. because you're connected on LinkedIn does not mean you've given the permission to put, send them a newsletter. Oh, I got you. Okay. So it has to be, there's gotta be some sort of an opt-in. So you want to have, cool. yes. Got so it. what, so what I, this is the reason why I would like it. I would prefer it so that when you and I connect on LinkedIn, I send you a friendly hello, we get to know each other. Then at some point I could say to you, Hey, if you want to get continue to get more useful information from me, other than being on connected on LinkedIn, here's an opt in for you. Got it. So you, you do need, that makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, just like with every other platform, you, you need to have an opt in a request that makes total sense. Yeah. 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 So, and then another use case I would like to play around with is, um, you know, some an online video course series. So, okay. you know, right now, so I, you know, again, having real time situations for me, teaching, networking, I would love to have a little bit of a series. Let's say, you know, I'm walking into an event, you know, if you're feeling at all nervous, here's a couple, three things that I do, you know, deep breathing exercises, you know, I do squats, um, you know, I do, I clench my fists and then I let them go. I clench my fists, I let them go. You know, I eat before I, I go to any networking event. It's networking, not net eating. <laughs> God. Last, last night they had tacos. This one that I was at yesterday, it was crazy. 
Yeah, yesterday they had tacos. I mean, what a ridiculous thing to serve at a high-end fundraiser with attorneys and you're trying to eat a taco and say hello to somebody and, you know, things are just falling everywhere. Um, so, you know, one, another thing I do is I challenge, I, and I particularly do this at law students, is I say before you go into uh, lunch with, you know, your possible managing partner when you're in your interview series, I'm going to encourage you to take a video of yourself eating. What in the heck do you look like when you're eating? Because that's what they see. And that's what they know your clients are going to see. Right. And you might be, a, you know, a, a one thing that's come up lately with some of the top tier law firms is they say they like obviously recruiting from the top tier schools, but they're also finding the second tier schools are pretty good because those students know how to deal with people. They know how to deal with a difficult client. They know how to diffuse a situation. They don't depend just simply on their, you know, their SAT scores or their LSAT scores, you know, or, or something like that. So the people skills is becoming so important for these organizations to succeed. Yeah. So I could see doing a series of kind of having a little bit of fun saying, okay, so here, you're going to watch me eat. Do you want to do this across the table? If not, film yourself, you know, and make it like a 30 second video. Here's your challenge of the day, you know, go do that, you know, or if you're afraid of talking to people, you know, when I taught at one of the MBA programs, I had the students go out on the street and I said, you got to meet three people before you come back from the break or, you know, you don't pass the class. That guy came back in 10 minutes. I said, how did you meet three people? He says, I walked up to people who had dogs. <laughs> oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. So the theme that I'm really connecting to here is that, you know, we're making more of a movement towards just being humans and being ourselves and, you know, not trying to portray something. I, I feel like that's something that I've definitely noticed sort of a paradigm shift in the last couple of years where people are just putting their, their real true selves forward um, more and more in our society. And I think a lot of that came from just the ability to hit a record button and then all of a sudden you're on social media. And you, whatever you look like, if you have food on your face, whatever your office looks like, I mean, that's real life. And there's yeah. no more of that highly contrived, produced, you know, opportunity. Of course, you can still do that, but it's not always um, the reality. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so I think as a, you know, as a user, I look for tools that in some cases, I feel like there's too many tools. So that's why I want to get clarity on the tools I'm using. So do I need to have a video tool that it can stand alone and send out 10,000 emails? Or do I have a MailChimp that does that and I feed the information from the video tool, you know, or is that YouTube? And so that's why I think in some cases, it's important to kind of stop and think, what is the use case scenario for this? How am I going to use it? Um, and I get very excited about these tools and I dub being one of them certainly. And then I, all of a sudden I thought, you know what, I can't do a video on the fly and post it. And when I, cause I, I you know, you, you think you can, and then you know that you actually kind of can't, you do need to have a little bit of structure to it. You might want an entry card or you might want a little bit of a farewell card, or you might want to have, I've seen your videos where different funny images pop up and that's not done on the fly. That's done yeah. with some video editing. Yeah. So part of, I think, what also then becomes a moment of how can you simplify the video editing? How can you make that accessible to people? Because it can get very overwhelming quickly. 
And yeah. the other day, the other day I had a, da I, I called up Apple and I said, what happened? And they said, you're, you know, you've got too many videos. I had to get rid of some videos because all of a sudden my phone was full. So how can I, you know, offload those when I was taking pictures of the Stanley Cup finals around the corner, you know, all of a sudden it got full. So, you know, and I have a 32 gig, it's not a small phone. It's not the top of the line, but, um, you know, so how can you, I dumped all my podcasts. I mean, you know, all that sort of stuff to make space. So, right. you know, it, it does become a, it's, there's the video marketing strategy, but there's also the functional how-to of being able to get that done. Yeah, so I actually, um, and besides Shannon, um, who is, is our video creator, and um, he actually wanted to jump in and he wanted to, first of all, ask a question, but sure. then I really love him speak to, you know, this, this challenge of not everyone is an editor and not everyone has software that you have and your creative talent. A lot of us just want to be able to click record and come up with interesting content. So I'd love to just pull him in for a second. Sure. I did want to make a very, very quick recommendation of Google Photos. Um, which yes, I use them. The ability, yeah, I'm a, I guess I'm a new fan now. I, I didn't really know about it much before, but I've connected Google Photos, which automatically syncs all photos, all videos, and then gives you a one-click option to delete from your phone, giving you peace of mind that it's all in the cloud. So, um, you know, there's an unlimited photo and video option, which does some transcoding and some compression. So that's basically free unlimited. So if you don't want to have them transcode or limit, I think it's still 1080p for video, but I think they have their own proprietary transcoding. Um, it is like 10 bucks a month for two, two terabytes. So not sponsored by Google, but just didn't want to throw that out there. No, um, it's good. Yeah. So I, yeah. I to, to date myself in my office in Boston was a company called Picasa. This is the days oh, before, yeah, a, sure. this is the base before a WeWork. I was at Idea Lab, and Idea Lab was a co collection of those of us who were starting companies at the time. I have a side business teaching people how to watch football. That's a whole different conversation. Okay. If you can't speak sports, you can't network. So that's the gist of it. But I have some videos about teaching people how to watch football. But in, in Picasso was getting started, and Picasso got bought and turned into Google Photos. There you go. So you're an early adopter. <laughs> And then the other, the other app is um, Apple Clips, which allows you to record a video. A lot of people don't know about this. They haven't done a good job. I don't, yeah. Yeah, so Apple Clips, you can kind of add stickers. But anyways, I'm gonna pull in Shannon here. Sure. And bring yourself on the frame. Hi, nice to meet you. Hey there, how are you? Hey, doing well. Um, I just had a quick question about just networking at conferences. Um, so let's say you kind of, you're prepared and you, you know, you're, you're ready to go, you're gonna, you're gonna go network, you're excited. And in this case, you, you might be, in this scenario, um, you know, you'd be alone, maybe your, your company just sent you alone. Uh, and then you show up and it's the networking hour, and then all of a sudden, it's kind of like stage fright, you know, where, yeah. where you look around and there's all these people and they all have their clicks and, or, you know, the little groups of people and, and, you know, even I've even experienced that where I, I consider myself a pretty outgoing person. You know, I, I, I don't have stage fright. I can stand up and talk to a large audience. But I've even experienced that myself where in, a, in this kind of social environment, it, it's totally different than getting on stage. It's, it's, you know, that kind of awkwardly standing near a group and, and trying, to get, trying to get in. So is there any sort of uh, just a tip to like kind of break that, that immediate Oh, we have a little yeah, call we, coming in. I think, is this like a Google call that we're getting, or? <laughs> I don't know. We don't even know what this is. 
Someone is dialing us on a Google Google number, so I think I can just close this whole thing. Oh, it stopped. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, so my question, <laughs> my question. <laughs> so my question is, uh, what happens if you have that networking fright? So the equivalent of stage fright for networking. Yep. Is there any way yep. to overcome that? Yes. So a couple different things is one. I do really say, who in this room needs my services? Mm, who in yeah. this room can I help? Who in this room? Uh, the first thing I do, frankly, is I always talk to the person who's by themselves. Oh, that's I, a good, yeah. I never go for the click. It's, it's just a trauma from sixth grade. I'm yeah. just not going to do it again. So I always go find the person who's by themselves. And there usually is one. And I start with two words. And the two words are, tell me. Tell mm. me your connection to the conference. Tell me what speaker you're looking forward to hearing. Tell me, you know, are you from Los Angeles or Chicago or whatever else is? Tell me gets them to start a conversation. Awesome. Wow. That's, that's a great, yeah, that's awesome. And, and being by themselves, they'll, they're to they will totally, totally appreciate it. On the off chance there's nobody by themselves, I go to the bar and I get talking to the bartender because they mm. know everything. And often, amazingly enough, it's a side hustle for them and they're a corporate somewhere else. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. That's a great, I, mean, I love that tip. Just go and ask. Yeah. Just tell me, find the person who's alone. Yeah. Um, and then so, from there and, and okay. So, and then from there you get in a conversation with them and there's always that sort of inevitable moment where the conversation starts sort of petering out and you, you start thinking, Oh, well, I don't really know what to say next. And, and maybe yeah. someone else you want to split off from when's the right time to sort of wrap a conversation and split off and, and how do you how do you manage that so i i try and say five to eight minutes you mm. know is it because then i'm like hey you know what this is a great conversation would you want to continue and grab a drink and leave if mm. it's really wonderful because let's say you know this is an investor who says you know what i love what you guys do you know i invest you know my my small is five million are you interested in a conversation you're going to be out of there Got it. Wow. That's, yeah, that's great. Just like get you know, the conversation out. You know, or say, you know what, I've enjoyed the conversation. What I typically do is I say, I'm really thirsty. Would you like to join me at the bar? Mm. So we both go to the bar and then I see somebody else and I say to that person, have you two met? And I introduce the two people. Oh, cool. Oh, and, that's, that's great. Yeah. Kind of and, and then I say, and so I'm dyslexic. So I have a dyslexic introduction. I do not say my name first. If I say, hi, I'm Diane Darling, 90% of people will say, Darlene, nice to meet you. Right. If I say, it's my first time at the Digicom conference, my name is Diane, with a slight pause, Darling, they'll remember my name and they'll say, oh, or I'm, I'm the speaker tomorrow on video marketing. My name is. Got it. Wow. Okay. So, wow. Thank you so much. Those are some great tips. That'll, that'll definitely so help. Go to, go to my website in diannedarling.com and there's a chart that's a step-by-step -step guide. I'll send it to you guys also on email. Um, but that's one of the things I'd actually like to do on a video thing is break this part down and yeah. have fun with this. But um, yeah, the Wall Street, so I have a little tip. I, I, I tell people find networking buddies. And so I tap my necklace one, two, 
if somebody has talked to me too long and my networking buddy comes over and helps me out. <laughs> nice, nice. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah, that, that's funny. I mean, one of the one of the things that's I think a reality at, at conferences or events or whatnot is that you know sometimes you're on a mission and you are networking and you want to meet as many people as you can and maybe even meet a specific person or group of people and you do potentially get stuck in a situation where um, someone wants to chit chat for longer than you're able to and you don't want to be rude but you have no. to so how do you how do you navigate that or how do you navigate away from a situation like that so that's when i say i would really love to have continue this conversation and and, and as long as you're authentic and you know they believe that um now would be not the moment you know because you know because we are going to get interrupted it just happens at networking events it, it, you know and you kind of make light of it and that's when you know let's swap cards and let's schedule a call and that's when i say meet me on zoom or meet me on skype or something like that um and then people don't feel brushed off but they do feel they understand that you know you're not going to necessarily be able to chat with them the whole time got it well these are some really good tips and i, I learned a lot from this I, I really appreciate your your time and it sounds like you got a lot of experience here where can people learn more about you and get some of these resources that you mentioned so dianedarling.com is probably the best place. Okay. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Those are the spots where I am.